0: Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace Podcast, a place for you to experience a grace that heals.
1: We're glad you're here because we're excited about how grace can transform your life and your relationships. Stay tuned.
0: I'm Joel. And
1: I'm Lynn. And today we're going to talk about fruit of grace. So once grace enters your life, what kind of other things kind of result from it, right?
0: Exactly. And I think as we go through, um, there's a number of the different fruit we're going to hit. So um, we've got gratitude as a fruit of grace, joy, hope, forgiveness, and today, reconciliation.
1: Reconciliation, yeah, amazing, amazing uh, thing that
0: can happen in a person's life, change everything. Right, because as we've said, we are imperfect people, but we're perfectly loved by God because of grace. But that imperfection and the fallenness and the brokenness of this world touches everyone. And often our deepest, most important relationships are touched with hurt with disappointment with betrayal with abandonment and so the message of hope is that grace can bring reconciliation to the worst of those scenarios and we have stories we always have stories and later on we've got one but first
1: We should tell people why we have stories, right? Uh, Joel and I are both in ministry and work with folks who are working through some things and uh, often the resolution, the result is reconciliation in the end.
0: Yes, because here at IRR um, we work a lot with people who are in what I like to call performance-based groups. In other words, Mm -hmm. Their religious experience rests heavily, maybe in the majority, on their personal performance and how well they think they're doing based on what the religious system tells them to do. And that can be an exhausting process to be in, to be always performing, and so grace can rescue you from that. And I've been doing that for over 30 years, and you have your own story.
1: Yes, we've been doing it well almost a decade now. So um, we both have seen the fruit of reconciliation in people's
0: lives. Yeah, and in our own. (laughs) But today we probably won't be (laughs) true. (laughs) So, well, let me let me start us off um, with again kind of a biblical basis because as we learn about grace, we want to go to the scripture always, um, or Second Corinthians actually the book talks both about grace and it talks a lot about, um, reconciliation. So I'm going to start in chapter four. Um, in 2 Corinthians 4 15, we have this verse for, it is all for your sake, Paul writing to the believers in Corinth, Mm -hmm. as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Now, the question that raises is, so what are they being thankful for? Well, there's a lot that comes through grace, but Paul goes on to say, We don't lose heart. Our outer self is wasting away, but our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary affliction, the stuff we're suffering now, is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So grace brings us into this whole new realm of living, this whole new dimension of life, where the apostle Paul can call light momentary affliction. And if you know anything about Paul and what he suffered, I mean, he was beaten, he yeah. was stoned, he was left for dead, he was rejected by his own people. I mean, his list of stuff that he went through, his shipwreck, is yet by incredible. <laughs> yeah, um, and yet he calls all that a light and momentary affliction in comparison to what he's received through grace. And we kind of get an insight into what he's received and what he wants us to do with grace in chapter 5. And there what we find is the term ministers of reconciliation.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: Paul says, because in verse 14, the love of Christ controls us, we now, therefore, in verse 16, regard no one according to the flesh. And he says in verse 17, Therefore, if any was in, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us, there's that word, to himself, mm-hmm. and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. So, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him, God made him Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the the righteousness of God. Mm. So,
1: Maybe we should explain that, huh? (laughs) Probably a little bit.
0: I realize that's a lot. So go ahead. Where, Where do you want to jump in for an exclamation? Where do you think it's going to be most helpful to people?
1: Well, when I surrendered my entire life to the God of the Bible, it says that the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. Kind of sets up residence in you yes that holy spirit doesn't run away doesn't ever run away exactly but stays with you loves you teaches you turns you and um
0: convicts you at times <laughs> Convicts you
1: right which means it's uncomfortable and you might need to turn a little bit different direction but the fruit of that grace that enters you then as you're learning God's ways from from his word changes your thinking and then changes your outward actions which can actually reconcile relationships even, right? Yes we are broken human beings we've done a lot of nasty stuff through the years we have broken relationships with family and friends and neighbors
0: we've all hurt and been hurt
1: and this grace can help those things be fixed at some point
0: sometime so what you're saying is according to this passage part of our calling then Since we have been reconciled to God, our relationship with God has been restored and brought together. Part of the responsibility then, when when we've experienced that reconciliation to God, is to now be ministers of reconciliation ourselves. Reconciling, I believe, people to God vertically, but also reconciling people to each other horizontally.
1: Right, so rather than looking for ways to divide us, Looking for ways to appreciate each other and have relationship. When I was teaching at Brigham Young, um, I was teaching diversity, and one okay. of the things I used to teach in the diversity class was something called API. API stands for Assuming Positive Intent on the Other. A person's part. Okay. So if someone did an action that you didn't understand, rather than immediately being angry with them or throwing something back at them or using your middle finger, for example, <laughs> yes. you might try to think from their point of view and understand why it is they might've said that, why it is they might've done that. And wait, wait, so- wait
0: a second. So you're saying when I'm driving, And the person (laughs) beside me all of a sudden like swerves over into my lane. I need to assume positive intent. Maybe they're on their way to see a kid who's just gotten hurt at a sporting event. Or maybe they just got fired from their job and they're really distracted. Or that's what you're saying, right? My first response should not be what's wrong with you, stupid? Where did you get your license? But hey, maybe there's a reason. (laughs) This is real practical.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, so go ahead. Go on. I just, you know, I'm just making it personal here. (laughs) But anyway, so assume positive intent.
1: Yeah, I think part of this too comes from my training, my doctors in emotional and behavioral disorders. So I worked with juvenile delinquents for a number of years. People kids would be in my face yelling at me cussing at me screaming and and I learned to kind of look past those actions and try to figure out where they were coming from why why they were doing that what they were sure. trying to gain by that kind of behavior rather than just reacting to it right, right.
0: yes yeah Absolutely. So
1: I think when you're reconciled to God and when you've been given grace, you begin to see things a little bit differently, sometimes a little more patiently, and sometimes stepping back, right? Mm-hmm. And and wondering if there might be some good in this, if something good might come of this. You know, for instance, um, in the field of diversity we talk about cultures clashing yes right so sometimes we don't assume positive (laughs) intent and we don't like each other very well right so we need to do what we call in the academic world have a crucial conversation
0: okay
1: which means i want to talk to you about why you did that etc and in the beginning when you first talk to someone from another culture or someone with an opposite point of view sometimes emotions are real high yes there's anger there might be yelling um but you know what you can get past that initial stuff and kind of calm down and have a simple conversation sometimes it, and learn something yeah and learn <laughs> something right yeah and see things from a little different point of view certainly when i started reading the bible who my thinking shifted quite a bit
0: okay like in what in what way can you be a little more specific on Well, I mean, good or bad, or before
1: I make this personal, (laughs) okay, (laughs) I'd like to tell you a story of a couple that I knew.
0: Okay, stories are good
1: that lived through the ministry of reconciliation. This couple was in religion, okay, and the husband was. They were considering calling him to a fairly important calling in his religion, and when he was interviewed, he admitted that he was not worthy for this particular calling. He was actually having an affair on his wife.
0: Whoa! So at that at that present at that moment
1: interview, I understand right. Wow. He, okay. Began to feel guilty and admitted, right? Well, that.
0: Now, at this point, this is the first people he's told, so he hasn't, his wife doesn't know this either.
1: No, but his wife learns soon after that, right? Oh, wow. okay. This church excommunicates this gentleman for his sin. And the woman's church later suggests that she divorce him. Because within this particular religion, you need to be married in order to have eternal life and live with Heavenly Father in the next life, right?
0: Wow. So he, in essence, according to the religion, has put her eternal situation in In jeopardy. jeopardy. Because he's now been excommunicated for his sin.
1: And Got she it. She needs to find a worthy spouse that can take her where she needs to go.
0: So, does she go along
1: with this recommendation? Well, you know, when you're active and you trust your church leaders, typically you do listen, right? Right. She did listen, she divorced her husband and began to think of a new life and look for someone else that she might be able to um, go to the higher heaven with, right? About a year after the divorce, she was so miserable without her husband of several years. She was probably in her late 30s at this time. Okay. She was suicidal, she told me one day. Wow. And picked up the phone to call a friend, kind of in desperation. And on the other end, got a wrong number.
0: Oh, my.
1: (laughs) but happened to get a biblical Christian on the other end who realized this woman was in crisis and desperate. So the man on the other end and his wife ministered, physically saw her, ministered to her for a number of hours.
0: So they were, I mean, local or just over the phone? They were local. Yes. They so she local. dials a wrong number that's local, that's <laughs> close enough to people who invite her to go to their house, and she comes to meet with them.
1: And she comes bawling, wow. bawling, bawling. They tell her about a God of grace who saves um, through faith, and that grace is a free gift. She asks her asks if she would like to receive that free gift. She does pray several hours later to wow. receive the free gift of grace. Now we have a woman who's become born again, whose husband has been excommunicated from his religion and he's off doing all kinds of fun, sinful things at this point, right? Well, the wife begins to counsel with a pastor's wife as she comes to biblical faith and eventually talks her ex into counseling with that pastor. Wow. The pastor teaches him about the God of grace
0: and no. reconciliation. Okay, can I pause at this point? At this point, I'm assuming from the way you're telling this, there was no thought of getting back together again. In oh, other words, this woman has no interest whatsoever in being reconciled. In fact, the man has showed no interest in being reconciled. He's gone off doing his own thing. Right. He's making hay while the sun shines. Right. Um, Or taking advantage of the darkness in the corner, depending on <laughs> how Okay, so... So there's so reconciliation is not even a consideration at this point in the story?
1: No, not wow. at all. Certainly not on the wife's part. She's right. the one that I had the communication
0: with. So then she encourages her ex to come also get counseling now with the pastor, of, mm-hmm. who's the pastor and who's the husband of the woman she's counseling with. Okay, so go ahead. Fascinating story. I'm intrigued.
1: He does come. He does learn about a God of grace from this pastor. He does surrender his life. No way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> to this God of grace. Okay, now what?
0: <laughs> right? Yes.
1: Now what? Well, she and my husband and this woman went to Israel a few years back and she's praying, 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 Lord, what are you doing with my life? What? you know, what direction should I go, do I have a purpose, you know, what is it, she said that as she was praying, she felt like God spoke to her and said, you need to remarry your husband, her usual <laughs> reaction was, there is no way, right, yeah. you know, this is a done deal, we walked away, I mean. I I've been working on probably
0: rebuilding my life apart from this man. And other yeah.
1: relationships, right? Yeah. And and think how um, how difficult it would be, right, to swallow your pride and kind of go back there, right? After yeah. you you've moved on, you weren't the one that did the offense, right? right. About a month after she told me that God had suggested she remarry her husband, she and her husband were remarried in a biblical Christian church in front of a congregation of about 500
0: people. Oh, my. Wow.
1: I was there, and I bawled and (laughs) bawled that reconciliation that only God can do by his grace.
0: And this was how long ago then now?
1: Just a few years ago, four maybe, something like that. Couple of years later, the wife went to the dentist. The dentist found a lump in her mouth and it turned out to be stage four cancer. She has now been through two years of chemo and radiation. Uh, Last fall, she came to me to say she thought she was dying want you to know that husband has been by her side they have lost over the years a half million dollar home um, they certainly have lost a lot because of the cancer right yes. they've lost friends and family having left that religion so life is difficult for them but that reconciled marriage is strong So strong that I hear them thanking God for the experiences they've been through because of the reconciliation that has come as a result, right, of what they've been through and a marriage that's so tight now that might never have been in that place, yes, without the experiences that they had been through. But by the grace of God and his ministry of reconciliation.
0: See, that is amazing. And that I mean, and that goes right back to um to Second Corinthians, where I'm I'm assuming from what you've said, these people would look at cancer and the loss of income and and they would say, and yet all this loss is a light and momentary affliction compared to Yes what we've gained in terms of relational restoration, what we've gained in terms of our relationship with God, and what they have to gain future. Um, Grace isn't just for the here and now. Grace is for the future. It guarantees us Mm -hmm. that eternal hope where every relationship works perfectly. I think, to me, that's gonna be one of the coolest things about the afterlife, about new heaven and new earth, Mm -hmm. is that on the new heaven and new earth, there will be no sin messing up relationships. So every relationship we have works. Mm. There'll be no need for reconciliation because we'll never um, offend one another. We will never misunderstand one another. All the re- to me it's inconceivable because I it's hard, and you and I have both been married a lot of years. Mm-hmm. It's Not hard to each go, other. No, <laughs> but to, yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Me to Lois yes. for um, over 35 years. You and Mike have been married for 43. 40, 43. Yeah. We all know, the four of us together, that it's hard to put together two or three days. Sometimes it's hard to put together two or three hours without some kind of tension or some kind of something entering into the relationship. Now you get it managing that. You don't let it throw you, but it's like always there because you're fallen, broken people. And so, our, you know, part of my hope is in the future, all the relationships work. Oh, yeah. It'll be so amazing. So this grace and this ministry of reconciliation isn't just, I mean, it's great that it's for now, but there's this future hope that extends that kind of puts those trials. Not every religious system looks at trials, though, the way they look at this, where they would say this is, a blessing. This is something God has used, right? Because my experience with some performance-based religions is that, man, if you start experiencing trial, if things start going wrong in your life, right. that's God. God slapping your head. You must be doing something wrong. Kind of like what Job's friends did to him when Job is suffering, right? And they say, um, "Job, you just need to repent of your sin because obviously you're sinning, or these bad things wouldn't be happening."
1: Well, the scripture that I came from literally says that if you're righteous and you live the commandments, you will be blessed both temporally and spiritually.
0: That's not the Bible. That's a different scripture. Right. That's part of your religious community. That was part
1: of my religious community. And so I felt if anything went wrong, if I lost my job, if my health was poor, if one of my kids did something then I must have done something wrong because I wasn't receiving blessings, right? Wow. It's a terrible burden.
0: Yeah, that would be a huge weight to carry, to interpret all the brokenness of this life as something that you've maybe done wrong.
1: There was a time when our third son got Rocky Mountain spotted fever and he lay between life and death for 21 days one summer and i was sure that i must have sinned and done
0: something wrong
1: in order for this to come to my family right
0: yeah what a burden to bear as a mom with your kids
1: yeah but what an opportunity for folks in in a grace-based faith right yes to reach out and be there and be the hands and feet of reconciliation and of grace
0: yes. from Jesus. The story is amazing. Um, thank you. And it's such a real touch point for grace and for this fruit of grace that we're talking about, this, the reconciliation that can come about as grace enters our lives. Anything else that's on your heart? Any other scripture that you've got that you want to tie into this before we Well, I should probably
1: tell you the final result of this. Yeah, she so we did weird. not lose her life and she ended up surviving. That wow. was last so fall she's still that she, came to, she is still alive today. Okay. She has lost her voice box as a result wow. of the cancer and um, has a number of other health challenges but that, that husband both works and is right there for her. He actually grows wheatgrass in their living room so that no he way. can <laughs> mesh it up in some kind of smoothie, you know, to help improve her health and the tender, loving care is just beyond anything I've ever seen but God.
0: Yes, only God can bring about that sort of true reconciliation. Where there is no hope and really no even desire for it and have it come about. Well, that is a cool story. I mean, thank you for being with us. Um, and as always, our hope is that this podcast is something that helps your life and your love flourish in Jesus so that as we as we experience life as imperfect people, we realize we are, we can be perfectly loved by God, because of grace. Do you have a story of grace? Has your life been encouraged or helped in any way by what we've shared on this podcast? If so, Lynn and I would love to hear from you. The easiest way to do that is by going to our podcast website, which is unveilinggracepodcast.com. That's unveilinggracepodcast.com. Leave us your comments in our contact section and know that we would love to pray for you so that you too can experience a grace that heals.